0: Minute Freak. They brought their fucking toys with them. Oh, Who are these guys? You're fucked. They're too dumb to play with themselves. They're too dumb to play with themselves. Hi, this is Chris Honeywell from True True Freaks, and this is The 5-Minute Freak. The other day, I saw that rarest of rare things, a good vampire movie. Now, I'm a, I'm a big fan of vampire movies, but I've seen very few that I would actually consider good vampire movies. I've seen a lot that are um, good movies, good action movies, good um, monster movies, sometimes even good comedies like uh, Love at First Bite or a good romance like the Frank Langella version of Dracula but for the most part that uh, a lot of them lack what i think makes a good vampire movie and that's there's this tension between good and evil where uh, you have a character who's pure or sort of represents to the other characters in this iconic pureness who's becoming seduced by the vampire who is this alternately attractive and repulsive creature of ultimate corruption you know there's that's where you get a lot of the really good icky fear of a vampire movie of and you, you play with some very primal emotions and story elements with, with those ingredients in there and when they're, pu- when they're applied correctly you get a good vampire movie like um, funny enough uh, two 80s movies Lost Boys and Fright Night Although they're kind of cheesy, they've got all those elements in there you know the the vampires are evil yet they're they're attractive to the to other characters in the in the movie, so there's this tension of is the lead character going to lose his girlfriend to the suave and ancient vampire is she going to find out how horribly evil he is? before it's too late and that's where the tension of the movie comes in and the rest of it is a hunt you know and trying to catch the vampire during the day at its weak point or finding a vampire hunter to go after him actually i like stuff like the original dracula with lugosi and the subsequent other adaptions of dracula that are considered classic especially the lugosi one i think they're all good movies in their own way but i don't think any of them really were good vampire movies. Not as good as say like uh, Salem's Lot or uh, George Romero's uh, Martin or Lost Boys and Fright Night. And there was a PBS adaption of Dracula that was very good. It was actually shot on videotape with some really cheesy special effects and I don't know if it was made by PBS or maybe made by the BBC and shown on PBS but they used to show it around Halloween on PBS late at night when I was a kid. And that was really creepy. But then, you you know, you have movies like uh, 30 Days of Night, which is a good monster movie, and John Carpenter's Vampires, which is a good monster movie. The Hammer movies, which are sort of these gothic things. And you have your Anne Rice um, interview with a vampire. Tried to push all those buttons, but God, it was so pretentious and just overwrought that I just... It didn't pull me in. You know, the vampires were also the focus of the story rather than the antagonist. So it just it was it was like I said, it was a good movie. I didn't really like the books as much, but I thought the movie was, was okay. And Queen of the Damned was a pretty good bee cheese movie in its own right, but just not a good vampire movie. And uh recently, uh I'm gonna use this movie that came out Twilight to sort of uh contrast with the movie that i saw that was a good vampire movie which was called let the right one in but let's start with twilight and why it's not really a good movie it's a good movie if you're a 12-year-old girl but uh that's about as far as it goes as a vampire movie it's a complete wash it's a complete cop out it's it's so pathetic you know you can tell that this movie was written originally the novel was written by a mormon woman as she was trying to sleep and her, I think she had a dream maybe as her husband and her children slept you know she wrote this book sort of uh the married version of uh JK Rowling or something and was inspired by a dream and it's this totally sublimated weird Mormon religious Christian theme of abstinence vampires and abstinence which is a potent combination to make a, thematically in a movie You know, adolescence, vampires, and abstinence So you have this va- you know, this girl who's falling in love with this vam- vampire character You know, he's reluctant to, to become close to her And to start a relationship towards the end to, to actually bite her and infect her and make her into a vampire Because he cares for her so much He doesn't want to do that to her At the end, she wants to and this is morally okay because he's a vampire, but he's a good vampire. He doesn't kill people. He he only sucks blood from animals, which I haven't heard PETA's take on this yet, but I'm sure they've got something to say about that. In the end, there's, of course, a battle with bad vampires who like, you know, the good old-fashioned... And uh, so, you know, of course he defeats them. And it's all set up for a sequel because it's a series of books. You know, it's okay. It's made for 12-year-old girls. It's entertaining for 12-year-old girls. It gives a fucked-up message about sex and sexuality and abstinence and a totally unrealistic and just fucked-up message. But, hey, you know, that's American cinema for you. So it's basically... Our our newest huge hit vampire movie is just basically pop culture crap. And it's watchable crap. I'll tell you what, I wasn't bored watching the movie. But, it, you know, I wasn't engaged or involved. It just wasn't boring. But uh, let the right one in. And since uh, I'm not very up on my Swedish, when I read off any of the names of anybody attributed to this movie, I'll use my bad, cheesy, Swedish accent. So it's... This is a Let the Right One In. It's directed by Thomas Alfredson, which I won't use the Swedish accent because it's easy to pronounce. Tomas Alfredson. And it's based on the novel by John Edvid Lindfist. Basically, it has two characters in it, two little kids. One, a boy named Oscar, who's played by Kar Front, and Ely, who's played by Lena Leanderson. I've been hearing about this movie for maybe the last month, month and a half. I remember reading a a review of it. Then I was actually randomly on YouTube and heard somebody talking about what a good movie it was. And I remember reading a review that compared it to Stanley Kubrick and I was like, well, okay, I got to see this. You know, I love Stanley Kubrick and it's just ridiculous. I think when I hear somebody compare a director or a movie to Stanley Kubrick, but of course I'm intrigued. I found this movie. It's in Swedish. You can find it with subtitles. Um, Apparently, it's had a theatrical, uh, limited theatrical release in America. And of course, you know, probably didn't make a lot of money because people don't like to read subtitles because they're illiterate morons. And I'll get to that later. But anyway, this this movie, I was very surprised and pleased to see, was very Kubrickian. If you haven't noticed, I'm, I'm... been heavily editing this to make it shorter and to make myself sound more intelligent if that's possible but um, this movie is amazing it covers all the, the great themes of a, of a vampire movie but in completely new ways it's not I wouldn't say it's an avant-garde movie it's it's a very um, I guess the director t- hasn't done a A horror movie and isn't you know technically probably doesn't dislike horror movies but I guess he's not a genre director not a particular fan of genre movies or anything so he was a fan of the book I haven't read the book I don't even know if you can get the book in America not in Swedish but I guess it was a big hit in Sweden the story is is great it's very simple but uh very beautifully filmed I'll just say I'm not going to say much about the story of this movie, you're just going to have to trust me that you should find it and watch it immediately. You will not be disappointed, I guarantee it. There's very little I, I, I want to give away other than it's about a 12-year-old kid who's sort of, he's getting bullied and he's sort of going down that path of the psychopath. He's starting to carry around a knife and clip pictures of, and news clippings of murders and keep them in a notebook and he's talking shit to trees and stabbing them and he's just starting to get that frustrated teenager thing going and runs into a girl who moves into the apartment across from him who tells him immediately well oh, we can't be friends and of course they become friends over a rubik's cube basically the bodies start piling up after that she's sort of living in her house with maybe her father it's a sort of old guy who and uh, apparently she's a vampire and the old guys getting blood for and that's about as far as i'm gonna go with this i'm, I'm i'll say at the end there's a, a set piece a sort of uh final set piece to this that's one of the most beautifully thought out and executed bits of cinematography ingenious genius cinematography without being cute you know without being consciously you know i'm gonna do something inventive and different with this it's just the way it is told and shown visually is so poetic and perfect and and ingenious that uh, i won't go any further than that it's uh just basically one of those moments of cinema where i could sit in a room alone and i'll just start clapping at the screen bravo bravo at you know theoretically at the director hoping through some wormhole of time and space you can hear me applauding his genius basically skip twilight and I don't know you know I, I think this is probably coming out on video sadly enough this movie is being remade as an American movie because they're too lazy to read the subtitles or their brain can't do two things at once they're going to remake this this perfect movie that at first I guess it was uh, rumored J.J. J. Abrams was gonna do it. And then Hammer Movies, which I didn't know Hammer was still in producing movies, is gonna do it. They're using this guy, Matt Reeves, who directed Cloverfield. And that's just a bad idea. Cloverfield wasn't a bad movie, but come on. I'm, I'm sure unlike Twilight, it will, you know, it will not have the sublimated Mormon abstinence subtext. But... I just can't see this remade into a pop American movie and having the same feel of this. This, it, this was filmed... It's very Swedish. The characters look Swedish. It was filmed in real snow, and the sound... The sound of the characters walking through snow... It's the first movie I've heard where you hear the squeak of real snow. You can tell they're walking through real snow outside in the cold snow. Beautiful sound design, just like a Kubrick music. Beautiful... the The mixture of sound light, framing, the thought that's put into everything that the camera does, that the characters do, to add layers and layers of meaning and depth. You you keep thinking this movie is about something, you know, the subtext is somewhere, and then all of a sudden it's changed, and you think, oh, maybe this is a movie about something else. And then it just keeps, keeps one step ahead of you and keeps you guessing. I highly, highly recommend it learn to read those subtitles if you're thinking i'd like to see it but i'll wait for the american version because or i'll wait for them to dub it just shut up do it read the subtitles if you keep watching movies with subtitles you'll get used to it you'll be able to do it very easily after a while and you'll see you'll see how much how wonderful it is and you'll see how terrible it is when you see a movie like. record the spanish movie record get remade into quarantine or the original um oh what was that fucking movie with the tv screen the ring the orig- the, the japanese version of the ring remade into and then you watch the american version it's just sad and this movie isn't like a pop movie in another country this is like a classic movie that will be put in the in film texts in the future and studied by people it's that good and that cinematic without being pretentious. I'm not going to give you one, but four recommendations with this movie. Three double features and one triple feature. The first double feature is you can watch the ironic Wonderful vs. Crap by watching this as a double feature with Twilight. Um, you're going to have to wait till Twilight comes out on video or DVD, obviously, to do that or illegally download it somehow. I don't know how you would do that. Or uh, the second double feature is uh, Let the Right One In and Martin by George Romero, which they're both just super creepy, different approaches to vampire movies that work as vampire movies, non-pop versions of the the vampire movie. The third double feature would be Let the Right One In and The Hunger, which uh, I believe had David Bowie in it, which has a lot of the uh, a lot of thematic similarities but is not really a good vampire movie but it's a very good movie. I think the 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 feel of both of those movies would go together very well. Now, if you want to be a film nerd, I've got your triple feature right here for you. This is um the Neo Kubreckian triple feature of uh three directors and three movies that, uh, that from those directors that I think are really Kubrickian. And uh, that's Children of Men by Alfonso Cuaron. Cuaron? Sunshine by Danny Boyle. And uh, Let the Right One In. And so I declare the end of the five-minute freak. Please visit our blog page at two twotruefreaks.libson.com Lipsyn spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N And there you can find links to all of our old podcasts, our MySpace page, and our uh, forum where you can come and discuss anything that we've talked about, such as good and bad vampire movies. Thanks, this is Chris Honeywell for Two True Freaks. So long.